You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. I hope everyone is having a good Labor Day or good start to their Labor Day. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Raphael from Locked On sent you. This is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies with a special guest, one of the top international basketball minds in this whole international draft space. It is Ignacio Risito. Did I, did I get it right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, um, I, I say you nailed it. Yeah, okay. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that means I probably got about 80% of it right. I mean, it's more, it's more than, than I get generally from people who have English first language, but Hey, when you are covering international prospects, you butcher prospects names left and right. So uh, it's probably the hardest part of it. Oh man. Yeah. I I mean, I wish I could tell you that uh, how much of the preparing for, for a podcast or whatever is going into like Google Translate and pasting the names of the prospects in each uh, language and trying to trying to get it right. And, you know, I, I still fail. So uh, it's it, it's fine. But like, I mean, it's one of the uh, occup- occupational hazards of the, dealing with international prospects. Well, but that even just shows how dedicated you are to to your craft. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is that you even do the background on the pronunciation of the names through Google Translate. So um, so that's that's important because I don't think a lot of people do that. So before we get started, I wanted to know a little bit about, about your background in scouting. I didn't know until earlier today that you are one of the founders of ID Prospects. And yep. it is one of the best sites out there. I know... Um, my 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 buddy um, Kuze was was doing some work for yeah. you guys, and uh, yeah, he, yeah. he did some work for me also. And man, that guy's work ethic is crazy. He was sending me Incredible. reports like five or six reports a day, and I was like, man, I gotta try to even get him on here. But he's he's moved on and, and got a job with a team. So tell me about how how ID Prospects started. So first for me, I like five years ago, I was just, you know, doing scouting reports and posting them on, on Reddit or whatever place, you know, they, they um, wanted me to, to post them. Uh, and then by 20, early 2018, I started writing for the Stepien, uh, which mm-hmm. was like, to me, that was like scouting university for me because I got to work alongside you know Cole Swicker, Ben Rubin, uh, Sean Derenthal, Ricky Skrika. I think 70% of that team ended up in getting hired by NBA teams or by basketball companies around uh, the internet and that to me was like um, such a huge learning experience. I always say that I, I busted my you know 
my behind off trying to uh, catch up to those guys. And and then when when the Stepien kind of wa was on, on its way out due to rush or turnover and etc., um, Drew Mastin, uh, former assistant of Baylor basketball, just approached me to get an internet to get a site on international prospects going. And, you know, we founded ID Prospects with, with him, with Kusi, like you said, I, I love that. Um, you know, Marius and Kane Purnell and, and a bunch of people that, that we really admire. And yeah, now we are, I think one of, our goal was to be one of the resources for international prospects, uh, for people looking for information on the guys that are two, three, four years coming up in the pipeline for, for NBA consideration and NCAA consideration. And you know, I think we, we are doing the best job we can. Uh, and so it's been a year, we turn one year on Tuesday Oh wow! Um, yeah, so yeah, a lot of a lot of work, but it's it's been really rewarding to create a group where you know people who think about basketball and talk about basketball and work in basketball um, are able to share knowledge and share ideas. So yeah, it's been it's been a lot, but it's been uh, really rewarding. I would say. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it was only a year. I mean, I knew it was new, but you guys have done a lot of work and covered a lot of ground in the last 12 months. So, you know, props to you guys. And I, I respect it because, you know, it all starts with an idea. So we've all had some idea. And, you know, that, that's the first step. The second step is like getting it started. And then after that is keep going, you know, and so far, you know, to make it a year is, is a testament because a lot of people start businesses or websites or whatever, podcasts, and they can't maintain for a whole year. Once that first wave of disappointment and they're not getting the views or the attention that they expected, then, you know, they don't stick with it. So making it through the first year is definitely a, 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 a big time goal. So props to you guys for, for sticking it out. Awesome. Yeah. And it's a hundred percent right. I think at the end of the day, and this is something that, that we always, I always talk to people that are either burnt out or disappointed by the, you know, by scouting every day. It's like, at the end of the day, you, you have to love what you do. Yeah. And even if, even if running a site, uh, while working a non-basketball related job eight hours a day is stressful, I still love every day to come and get on my computer and watch whatever game is on and take notes and scout and discover prospects. And if I love doing that and if I love putting out content, um, I'm, I'm going to do it every day. And the day I, I, I stop loving to do that i might move on but you know not getting it like you said not getting attention or results or whatever um whatever metrics are out there it's not something that's going to make me move on because i love the process more than i love the result probably okay so uh last question as, as far as like your your background or whatever how did you how did you first fall in love with this? 
So Uruguay is, I live in Uruguay in South America. Uh, it's not really a basketball country. I would say 95% of the people only care about soccer. And mm-hmm. we are for a 3 million people country. We are pretty damn good at soccer. Um, but, and so I, I'm born in the late 80s type. We didn't have cable in the 90s, we, but we did have NBA basketball during mm-hmm. the 90s. We had like one game per week at like Friday, one in the morning, two in the morning. And I remember just, you know, um, staying the seven, eight-year-old, staying up late watching the Rockets with Hakeem Olajuwon and Utah um, back with, with Stockton and Malone. And I, I always loved basketball, but I was never able to really approach it on on a local scale because I, I i didn't play the game and we didn't have a, a team in my my neighborhood and then once the internet uh was you know really attainable so to speak in in your way uh which was probably around 2006 2007 um, I realized that there was uh, an entire community out there in the internet about people talking about the draft and talking about basketball. And, you know, I just started slowly getting into that. So I kind of have a unique background in the sense that I don't have that basketball experience that a lot of people had because I think culturally here, there's not like a, a basketball pickup culture or or anything like that but i i feel like i was able to kind of make my own way towards basketball in in that way if if that makes any sense yep well one thing i've learned is the pronunciation i've been saying it uruguay my whole life <laughs> and that I, mean, is it's, wrong. It's pretty, I mean it's pretty close it's pretty close but i mean like i said uh, we spanish speakers butcher english left and right so yeah. don't don't worry about it. All right. When we return, now we'll, we'll get to the, the main part of, of why Ignacio is on the podcast. Wanted to talk about who had a big 2021 summer. Stay tuned. All right. I would like to talk to you about sweat block. Now, I, I'll tell you my reasons why I like sweat block, but it is doctor created. It is doctor recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. Guarantees you. A dry shirt. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. It's the bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Has over 13,000 reviews. And it is also manufactured in the USA. Sweat block is, I mean, it basically keeps you dry. I was in Vegas. And you know how hot Vegas is. Vegas is ridiculously hot in July. And with sweat block... It's something that you have to have in your toiletry bag, whether it's you're going on a hot date or you're going into a hot city like Vegas. I live in Dallas where it's super hot in the summertime. Here's a few things that I want you to know about sweat block. It is stronger and it's more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply just apply it at night before bedtime. You go to bed and the next morning you wake up, you wash and you go about your day without having to worry about being sweaty guaranteed it keeps you dry i know it sounds too good to be true but you literally only have to use sweat blocks once 
or twice a week and it would keep you dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based off which one will hide the sweat better. I know like I have a tendency to wear black in the summertime because I don't want to wear gray because, you know, you get a bunch of pit stains when you wear gray or, or you, you look, you know, your, your armpits look wet. So yeah, I can wear gray shirts in the summertime. So if there's someone that you love that is dealing with this, check out Sweatblock. You can get 20% off at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code locked on or you can find it on Amazon at or at CVS. I have a crazy stat for you. Did you know that 85% of the people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is that really surprising? If not, or if it is surprising, the game is rigged against you. You are playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. Realistically, you don't stand a chance. But now I want to introduce you to Stat Hero. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchup. Your name, your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in control. Stat Hero is the daily fantasy sports the way it is meant to be. One-on-one, play Stat Hero. You can change the odds. I know this is big for everybody because everybody is playing fantasy football and the NFL season starts this week. So for everyone that is looking to win their week one or week two or their championship, I think Stats Hero is definitely for you. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free right now. You can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you 300% match. That is pretty much unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. All right, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft. Junkies have Ignacio Recito. Hopefully I got it right from ID Prospects. And in your opinion, who had the biggest rise as far as like their draft stock and, and just kind of putting themselves on the radar this summer at like whether it's the under 19s, the under 20s, or the, the 16 Euro qualifiers? In your opinion, who stood out to you the most? I think it's not that this prospect had a big rise because he was the number one in his generation already coming into the under-19 World Cup. But I think this tournament was pretty much his coming out party to whoever. The world. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the world, to the people who don't really follow this. Um and I don't want to go into too long of a rant because um, he's going to be eligible in 2023. I'm talking about the best prospect in the world. I'm talking about Victor Wembanyama uh, from France. Uh, so I don't know how much have you talked about Wembanyama in the podcast, but if not, um, I can do a, a brief rundown of a seven foot two, just complete unicorn. Um, He's seven foot two, born two thousand and four. Uh, seven foot eleven wingspan, 
from 7-11 now? I had like 7-8. Yeah, 7-8 yeah, is the reported, but I, you know, Victor continues to grow. And I asked people around him and they said that the last time they measured it was uh, seven foot 10 and three quarters, Sheesh. which is, which is, uh, I don't know, just completely insane. But I made a joke about it. Sorry to cut you off. I made a joke on podcast that his arms are longer than the lines to get into the Louvre on a summer day. <laughs> and if anyone has been to the Louvre, you know, no matter what time you go, if you if it opens at 8 a.m. and you get there at seven, there's still 500 people waiting in line. But that's it's, how long his arms are. It's incredible. It's incredible. And how he's able to utilize that size length uh, because it, he just erases every single shot that's near the rim. Uh, he had five point seven blocks per game in the under 19 world cup playing 22 and a half minutes per game. Uh, and it also helps him. He's like the big question about when Banyama is how much is he going to be able to put on strength because he's still skinny. Uh, but he uses those arms to just finish with really good extension at the rim. Uh, but the big thing with Victor beyond his defensive potential, which is incredible because he's not just someone who is, able to block shots, but he's also mobile and willing to go out on the perimeter and contain players at seven foot two, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, but speaking the, of that, the offense, speaking, yeah. speaking of that, I wanted to touch on that real fast. So at the under 19s, one of the things that I saw and noticed was it seems like, and, and I mean, you may have saw a little different. It seems like teams saw how dominant he was at the paint that their strategy was, okay, let's try to make him defend in space. If we can get yeah. him in space, then maybe it would eliminate how effective he is at the rim. And it made no difference. He was switching out <laughs> on guards. Even yeah. if they were able to get a step on him, he was still blocking the shots out of bounds because he's, I mean, he's so fluid, but his arms are so long. And it's, it was just like, there was no way you could, I mean, play him off the court, which, you know, we're starting to see in the NBA if a guy's a dominant shot blocker that you try to play him off the court with shooters, but he's so fluid and agile that it didn't work. I mean, he should have won it's, MVP. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, and, and in that regard, uh, you know, P.D. Webb, you, you've been on, on streams with him, but P.D. Webb said something like, teams try to lock uh, Victor Wembanyama on an island but they didn't realize that they were locked in an island with them. Like yeah. you're in an island with me in yeah. the perimeter, which is, is crazy. And then the offensive potential, like he's not just someone who spaces the floor of the catch, but also like he's able to put the ball on the floor, make drives, uh, shoot off the dribble. His touch is incredible. I just think that the best way to you know, probably describe it as if you were to make a player in 2K, <laughs> he would probably look a lot like, like Victor is looking. And it's, you know, uh, when, when he came into the summer, uh, I think a lot of people saw him less like he's one of the top players. I think now it's clear that he's the best prospect in the world. And yeah, yeah. 
when when's the last time that that we could say okay there's a clear best prospect in the world coming up two years down the road maybe since anthony davis since lebron that's, I thought Luca. I, I honestly thought yeah. Luca. And I, I had a little bit of an advantage because I was living there and I mm. saw him playing for Real Madrid. Um, it was the year before he had the big breakout year, but when he yeah. was just, you know, a, a role player and behind Sergio, when Sergio Yule won won MVP, but you could see how good he was. I mean, just the fact that, you know, that's a team that went to the final four that year yeah and i remember going to a game i was working with Fenerbahce at the time and i remember going to a game and they were trying to pick on him that that particular game it was a close game and you know i mean he's 16 maybe 17 at the time but he would not back down he was tough he didn't get a chance to really like the team wasn't his yet but you just saw the flashes of how good he was and then that summer at the what was it? Um, Euro. What, what the hell? Uh, Euro basket. Euro basket. Yeah. That's when it was like, okay, there's no way there's anybody that is better than him. And I just thought scouts overthought it. So, yes. And, and I've been 100%. saying that <laughs> Wimbayama <laughs> to me is the best prospect to enter the NBA since Luca. Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's probably true. I, I would say that the difference here is that I don't think. I don't think there was a consensus with Luca. Not that I think that when that that Victor is going to be a more valuable player than than Luca coming into the NBA or or once their all is said and done about their careers. Uh, but I think two years prior to their draft year, a lot of people were still on the. Aiden. Yeah, Aiden, Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley actually reclassified the previous yep. year. Uh, but it was Aiden, Michael Porter Jr., and probably someone else. Yep, that's true. Um, and, and then Luca came, came, came into the scene. And by the last year, by the previous season to the draft, it was obvious that he was the best player. Yep. Uh, with, with Victor, is something like, we're two years away, and... You know, there's there's not a, a prospect that people can say, oh, maybe it's him. No, there's there's no question about it. Obviously, a lot can change between now and then, but you know, just like I I, I don't think there's anybody even considering other prospects. Yeah, uh, well, as the best prospect in the world, you know. Well, you know, here in the states, at one point, people were saying it was Imani Bates, and yeah. they thought like, uh, I mean, but people here are going to be biased towards American prospects anyway. Yes. All right. Well, that was the, the Victor Wimbanyama segment. And if there is a player that deserves his own segment, it is Wimbanyama. But when we <laughs> return, we'll finish out with a few of the other prospects that we thought had good summers. But let's talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now literally impossible for your local chain or auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So it doesn't even really make sense to endure the pointless and intimidating questioning of what type of car model do you have? Is it the ESV or is it the EXT or whatever? So why not just save time and money and use rockauto.com? Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, and even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or even a car dealership? 
Rock Auto is a family business that is serving do-it-yourselfers or it has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could want or need for your car. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they would know that we sent you. rockauto.com has amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, and that is rockauto.com. All right, once again, it's Locked On NBA Draft, and we are covering some of the guys that I thought and then Ignacio thought made a big name for themselves this summer. Wimbayama was a guy who I was aware of, and I'm sure like most of the people who are really diehard basketball fans are aware of, but like he said, the under-19 tournament was probably the best opportunity for people to get a chance to watch him play, and it, it kind of was a coming-out party even though he hasn't really been a secret. I think most people only knew about him because they saw the videos of him working out with Rudy Gobert and, and all of that. So I agree 100%. So now I'm curious to see who else stood out to you this summer and made a big name for themselves or put themselves in a on the radar of NBA scouts. So for me, going back to the Under-19 World Cup, a guy that's actually playing in the U.S. right now, but uh, is from Turkey, is Adam Bona. So Adam Bona, a really strong athletic center um, who is also has shown some flashes of, um, you know, putting the ball on the floor and maybe some, you know, very sporadic moments of shooting. But the, the big thing with, with Bona is just how well, he projects projects as a rim protector. He was uh, the center for, for Turkey. He was actually the the backup center because Turkish junior teams love to run a lot of things from the post. So yeah. instead of having this really great, you know, athletic, explosive rim protector, they prefer to have more traditional back to the basket, below the rim bigs. Uh, but I think in, in those minutes, in the minutes that Bona had, um, he was able to really make his mark as a, as a rim protector and as a lob catcher and probably one of the most athletic centers that I've seen, uh, athletic and strong centers that I've seen coming out of the international scene in a while. So for me, I've been watching him for a while just because I lived in Turkey. I was familiar with yeah. him, um, obviously, uh, a black person in Turkey is going to stand out. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, um, and then, um, a friend of mine was, was his teammate and, uh, man, I, I forgot the team that he was playing for. Um, so anyway, I was able to get a little bit of background about him. I personally feel as if he hasn't really shown the improvements that I've been expecting since I last saw him play in 2019. I mean, he is, I mean, athletically he's, I mean, he's an elite athlete, quick twitch. I mean, you know, he's going to be a rim protector. You know, he plays hard and he's always made an impact in the minutes that he's played. Because if I'm not mistaken, at the under under 18, two years ago, he was only 16. So he was playing behind. Yeah. Um, he's playing behind Shingun. And then they had another traditional 
throwback big as, as mm-hmm. their center that was actually built very similar to Shingu. And I, I forgot the guy's name. And then he came off the bench and he still seems raw to me, even though it's, you know, two, three years later, he still seems raw on the offensive end. I haven't really seen a skill set that he has on the offensive end. Do you think that he's been developing on offensively or do you just see him still as just this athletic rim running vertical live threat that can, that has a really high upside as a, a switchy defender? That's a really good point. I would say that he showed in Europe uh, very early some, you know, flashes, especially when he was playing against his own age group because Every time we watch Bona, he's playing one year, two years up in age just because he's so dominant and he can do it. Um, but we, when he was playing his own age group, he showed flashes of making a small, like short distance drive here and there. Um, you know, those um, uh, jumpers from mid range, if you leave them open, but not to a level and not to a volume where you say, okay, these are going to be weapons that he's going to have at the NBA level. Uh, I just think that he's super, um, you know, effective as, like you said, rim running center who can catch loves, play defense and be super athletic and be a, a, a switch defender. And I think there's a lot of value in that. And that's probably why I ha- why I consider him so high but it's true that he never developed those flashes that we might thought he had one or two years ago of a perimeter game i just think he's uh he's he's uh, an interior guy and when it comes to the interior he's mostly a catch and finish guy and not someone who is going to you know get his back to the basket and create create something on his own so are you, are you projecting him as a five in the nba yes i just think he's this, he's six nine, but he's just so strong and athletic that I think, and especially in this NBA era, I think he he could play the five, no doubt. That makes sense. Well, man, we are out of time, and we still did not cover the prospects that I wanted to cover. So, if you can promise me that you'll come on for a part two, then we can yeah. we can make that happen. A hundred percent. Let's let let's go. I uh, I can talk about prospects all day, like all right. you probably realize. So yep, same uh, here. I'll keep it I keep it shorter on part two. Oh no, I mean this this is totally fine. So where can the listeners find you and your work? So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Airball E Y R E Ball, and also you can follow ID Prospects at ID Prospects. We are on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, anywhere. And our site is id-prospects.com. You can find uh, a team of really talented writers, uh, way better than than I, I can possibly I can possibly be. Uh, and the ID Prospects podcast, also where we talk about you know all these tournaments uh, and uh, prospects that might not ever make an NBA floor, but if that's sort of your thing, uh, we we got you covered. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on again. This is Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies with my guest, who will be on later on this week, Ignacio Rossetto. Did I get it right? Or uh, yeah, yeah, 80%. <laughs> 80%. All right. Well, thank you so much. 
stay tuned and we will be back thank you for listening to locked on nba draft and we are out